This is Howard Anderson, news editor at Information Security Media Group. Today we're talking about mobile device security with Jeff Brandt, author of a chapter on security in the new book, M-Health, From Smartphones to Smart Systems. Thanks for joining us today, Jeff. I'd like to thank you first for uh, taking your time to talk with me today about my chapter on security. For starters, what do you see as the biggest risk to patient privacy posed by the use of mobile devices in healthcare? What do you think? The biggest risk of mobile devices is the compromise of our PHI, which is our protected health information. This is what I believe. We need to think more about the ROI of the PHI theft, someone who's going to take our um, health information. What is the real reason for stealing PHI? Organized drug-seeking and medical coverage for treatment are two of the real reasons why people take uh, health information. A drug seeker can hit a lot of hospitals in a region in a very short amount of time without even being detected. And then they can take the the drugs that they've obtained and resell them on the street. The other thing is uh, coverage. There's a lot of people out there that just don't have coverage. So if they take your identity and go to a hospital, they can get coverage. Howard, I'd like to clarify the definition of mobile health devices for the audience Basically, it's any device that is portable and can be used to store, manipulate, or transmit PHI, such as smartphones, thumb drives, tablets, laptops, and even devices like defibrillators. Many patients and doctors are concerned about transmitting of health data over the Internet. This is something that's done every day in other industries, and one of the closest to it is the financial, and it's very safe if it's done correctly. The majority of our data breaches that happen in the U.S. and around the world are not perpetrated by some 16-year-old hacking in a third-world country. It's facilitated by careless employees and an organization with poor mobile device management. So how is a risk assessment for mobile devices different, if at all, than other types of IT risk assessments? Well, in many ways, it's the same. But let's go over some of the areas of risk assessment to see uh, where we see the differences. First, the environment of the mobile device uh, itself. Is it a contained environment? Like, is it inside of a building? Is it secure? Is it a secure building? Are people going to take the devices home, carry them in their cars? That's one of the things. So being mobile is the biggest difference in, in the type of assessments you're doing. You have a lot of different phones and a lot of different devices. One of the most secure type systems that an organization can have is when they own, control, and distribute the devices that the users are going to use. There's a new trend in our industry that uh, called BYOD, bring your own device. That's where a user provides their own device and it connects to the infrastructure of the organization. This does add a lot of risk and management and complexity, but it can be done. It can be done safely. Being mobile as itself is the difference, and uh, the tech, there's the technology that we have available for us and everybody basically today. And one of the real risks is you can remove hundreds of thousands of records on a very small device like a thumb drive or a cell phone by plugging it into the system. So next, we got to know about the risk. We got to understand the risk, as I talked about earlier. 
And what does your mobile system or your mobile devices use for in your organization? Do you view PHI? Are you storing PHI? Are you transmitting PHI? That's part of the assessment that you need to do to think about how to protect. There's also a lot of companies out there building systems to manage the security of mobile devices, and we won't talk about them today, but they're available, and you can check those out on by looking on the web. There's also, you should know, the, the local and the federal laws on uh, data protection. These are changing very quickly, so this is something that uh, your organization needs to keep up with. And a lot of the policies and procedures and enforcement done in your organization makes a difference with mobile devices. You have to have a use policy in place, and employees need to know about it. And so I would suggest to anybody to make sure that you have regular meetings and uh, make sure your employees know about these uh, procedures and policies. You can have audits, and some of these audits are, are actually done by uh, management software. Some are done uh, through paper and procedures. And then there's, there's tactics to protect your devices and your, uh, your data and your users or patients' data. There's systems that you can buy inexpensively that will locate and lock a device down in the field and also wipe all the data off of the device. So in case the devices are compromised, you can remove the data. The other thing that I suggest is that's very important is asset tracking and make sure that you have a reconciliation process and procedure in place so you can keep up with the devices. Should healthcare organizations strive to minimize the amount of information stored on smartphones, tablets, and other mobile devices to help minimize the risk? And if data is stored on the devices, should it always be encrypted? It depends, again, on your situation. Storing PHI on these devices is really not an issue if it's done correctly. And there's, there's the issue. This is where the risk assessment and policies go hand in hand. You have to have somebody that's actually able to make this assessment that it, the vendor that you're dealing with has provided what they said they are providing. I always suggest strong encryption of PHI on uh, mobile devices. The reason that most apps that are available today on the smartphone market do not have encryption is because the complexity of the software to program and support, and quite frankly, many of the developers that are doing apps don't have the skills to uh, provide this type of security. There's one more important reason why app developers are not employing security, and that is the perception of ease of use for the consumer or the customer. There's many talking heads in the health industries, uh, especially in the app industry, that are demanding today that apps be easy and very fast. Passwords and user IDs add complexity for the user, and it takes more of the user's time to uh, use the device to have to log in each time. There's patients and doctors that become impatient with security. I, I, if you think back, I, you have many time with the codes that you can't remember and the passwords, and there's, there's just more and more complexity to everything we do. So we all do it. What we don't want to do is become complacent because when we drop our guard and don't want to have the passwords, that's when the breaches occur. Okay, so is username and password an adequate method of authenticating users of mobile devices or should other methods be used? 
Well, again, it will depend on the level of uh, authentication uh, that you deem is necessary for the application. It also depends on the devices. All smartphones have an initial password and uh, user ID just to access the phone, and this goes this, the same for uh, pads and tablets. This doesn't provide very much uh, data protection. Matter of fact, it doesn't provide any at all. It's easy to bypass these top-level systems. App-level or software-level username and passwords provides minimum protection for apps containing PHI. And I would suggest these in, in any app that uh, when, you, when you get out of that app and then get back in, even if you move to answer a call, you should have to enter the password again because if you leave your phone in a call, then your phone is open and your data is open. The combination of protection is the best, I would say. For instance, utilizing credentials uh, to access PHI over secure virtual private network is, is a good, good way to, to attack the problem. There are also many alternatives and many on the way. Uh, biometrics is one. As you mentioned, uh, more organizations are beginning to accommodate the use of personally owned mobile devices for business purposes, or BYOD. What are some of the key steps involved in minimizing the risks involved in permitting the use of personally owned devices? Well, as we all know, besides the risk, it brings a lot of benefit, or BYOD brings a lot of benefits to organizations and their users. Uh, it costs the organizations less, and the user knows their uh, device. And I believe, you know, there's a big debate about the different types of device, which is better. Well, people should be able to pick their own device, and then the software should be able to run on it. So, as I mentioned, it does add complexity, and the uh, facility must uh, take care of this and, and assess the uh, risk. Policies and procedures, again, that's a, that's a huge barrier to problems with the BYOD. People do have users that decide to bring their own device, sign a formal agreements that they're going to be responsible for the device. I would suggest adding uh, software to their devices uh, that requires, you know, that the data wiping uh, capability be on the user phone, as we talked about earlier, and consider uh, installing remote management on the BYOD device. The only problem about doing this, this tends to cut down on the amount of users that want to use their own devices because the management is asking to download something onto their own device. And there's some privacy issues there that haven't been all worked out by uh, uh, legal. And then I would think training and reminders of the policies that are in effect. And that may be something that's electronic that comes up when they log in that, that tells them that, you know, to remind them that this is a, a secure device. And then probably the last thing is uh, enforcement. We have to enforce our policies because if we don't, then they'll be of no use. Finally, what other security advice do you have for healthcare organizations that are expanding their use of mobile devices? Mobile device technology is changing very quickly, faster than I think any time in our past of technology. And it's affecting a lot of things in our lives and a lot to the positive. One thing I would suggest is do not get locked into a particular operating system company or solution. Yes, the new cool thing today may be out of date tomorrow. So keep that in mind that you can work with multiple systems. And not all those are done, are developed and in service today, but they're coming really quickly. HTML5 is one of those that is coming on the market that allow you, uh, developers to develop for multiple 
client devices like smartphones, and then uh, with one single code base distributed to all their different devices. This, this makes uh, management of devices much easier. So look for solutions that you can grow with. Next thing, do your homework. It's probably one of the most important things because things are changing so fast. If you do have someone on your staff that understands mobile security, that's great. If you don't, you should get one. Last thing, most breaches come from within. The majority of the breaches that are happening today is what I like to call sneaker theft. The data just walks out the door. People don't lock up their uh, thumb drives. They don't lock up their uh, computers. They set their uh, phones down on bars, and they disappear. User policies and procedures are your best first line of defense. Well, thanks very much. We've been talking today with Jeff Brandt of Communications Software. This is Howard Anderson. Thanks so very much for listening.